the Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Okay, well, it's another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins here to talk some uh, sports, college sports, what's been going on this past week, and a lot has happened. We'll deal with the University of Michigan second. How about that? Because they, they got a lot more stuff. So we'll, we'll start you off with the appetizer. Mel Tucker, Michigan State, man, he is the transfer portal king. Dips into it one more time and kind of shocked everybody. No one saw this one coming. Lands Ronald Williams, cornerback from Alabama. He, uh, he started his career off at Hutchinson's Community College and played two years. He was, he was an, uh, a JUCO All-American, first-team All-American at corner. Alabama gets him. He gets injured. Plays in three games last year uh, after the injury and decides to transfer out. He comes to Michigan State 6'2", 190 pounds. It fits what Mel Tucker's trying to do. He's trying to go with size. He's trying to go with speed. And this is a guy, two years of eligibility left. And will I got to think he's one of those that will get penciled in to start right away. Kind of yeah. like with, with Crouch. Certain guys they're bringing in are more depth. He's a guy that you're bringing in and and it's going to be because he's going to start and 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 when you look at this what Mel Tucker is doing with the portal. Here's I saw a stat yesterday. I don't think people realize how bad the team was and what D'Antonio left. 23 people have left Michigan State, the football program and entered the portal. Of the 23 Evan, you, you want to guess how many are actually at Power 5 schools? Zero? I believe four. Okay. Well, yeah. No, no. Power. Well, you got one at Duke. You got two at Kentucky. Uh, one is at Purdue. And, well, I guess technically the backup kicker just went to Northwestern. So, okay, five. That's it. Yeah, because I was going to read a tweet. This is from... Connor Meltdowny, you know him? No. What is he? He, SpartanAvenue.com, he put this tweet out, and he said, schools of Michigan State transfers came from Alabama, Florida, Auburn, Wake Forest, Louisville, Minnesota, Tennessee, Michigan. Schools that MSU players transferred to, Bowling Green, CMU, Northern Illinois, Ball State, Akron. Guys, you want to know why the program went down so quickly, so fast? You had a MAC team. Yeah. D'Antonio was recruiting MAC-level players, and when they hit the portal, they realized I was a step above. I mean, I was I was too high. That's not a knock on the players. It's not a knock on the MAC. It's just saying you can't beat Ohio State with MAC players. You have to have NFL players. And when you look back at the teams that upset the Buckeyes, they had NFL players on those teams. Absolutely. Guys that even if they only played in the league for a year or two, they made it to the league. You didn't have that with this. When you look at the guys that Mel Tucker is bringing in, as I said, 23 people, so what? So that means 18 people are in the MAC or or group of five type of schools. Of the, I think Tucker's brought in 17 or 18 different guys. Of the 18, 16 have transferred from Power 5 schools, four from the SEC, four from the ACC, uh, I think uh, you got three from the Big Ten. You got people from all over coming in 
better cal. So if anything, if they're not instant starters, it's better practices. There's competition. Yep. You got guys who belong in at this level, and a lot of the guys that he's getting are guys who are still early in their careers that he can help develop and get better. Right, and I was going to say, you know, a lot of Big Ten teams are filled with MAC players. Just those players don't ever see the field right. in meaningful minutes. Right, those players were playing for Michigan State; they were starting. Right, and that can't happen when you're trying to be a big time program. That also can't happen on the heels of being in the college football playoff. Right, <laughs> and and you would think when that happens, I mean, after that they had their dream team class, right, and that class kind of blew up because of circumstances that were out of the football right. building's control, right? Um, and, and it just went downhill. But Mel Tucker came in here, you know, I, on the Carson Anderson program, they called Brad Holmes the draft ninja. My man Mel Tucker is a ninja in the transfer Dude, portal. because he, He's the portal king. He's not only selling the university, but he's selling himself, and that's what these kids are buying into yeah. because – We've talked about it before that you can't really get on campus. You can't see how cool Michigan State is, the football building, the dorms, the campus itself, everything surrounding, which kids would want to see before they decide to up and leave where they're from. But he's selling himself. He's selling his brand. And I think his brand and and the way that he talks and preaches, I mean, the best thing I saw from him was at the end of their little um, reality show, when he, somebody was walking out of a bu- building and he was walking in, he's like, you like football? Yeah. The guy's like, yeah. He's like, me too. Yeah. And that's it. And that's where they bond. And that's good enough for me. Yeah. If you guys can bond over your love for football, which means that you're going to work harder to get better, then I'm all for it. Yeah. I, I see what he's doing. And he's looking for men that are ready to compete right now. He's not necessarily looking for projects to build up. He, he he wants them now. Right. And I love it because in this state of college football, that's what we're going to see, and he's ahead of the curve. He is. The fact that the, the complete honesty of my team's not good. I can't, I can't win with these guys. Last year was just kind of one of those. It was, you know, we got to get through these six games. Just get us through. Can, can, I, can I just get some guys who could run six plays and, and we win some games? Still don't know how they won their game against Michigan. Still don't know how they won their game against Northwestern. Ironically, two ranked schools that they play, they beat. It's crazy. But, yeah, I mean, he tried to upgrade every position from the quarterback position to the running back position. I think the probably the only thing I thought was their strength, he still brought in two transfers at the wide receiver spot. And that's what I was going to say. He's not settling because, well, we have a guy. Well, guess what? Bring in another guy to push that guy. And that's what he said. The thing is, okay, yeah, you, you got Jalen Naylor, you got Jaden Reed, but what happens after that? Let's look at our backups. isn't a bad thing, and yeah. players see that. The yeah. top players really see it, and well, they want it. I mean, think about the year for D'Antonio when every receiver went down, and they were, they, they were literally, they had their number 8, 9, 10, and 11 receivers out. against. They were playing against the University of Michigan because everybody else was injured. Like, walk-ons got significant playing time. So you want to add to the depth. And, yeah, now, people are like, well, how do you know it's going to work? I don't. We don't. But That's the thing. We don't. But it's different. It's one of those – it's it's the it's when, like, in basketball when the one-and-done came in. Okay, do you want to just, like, Kentucky focus on one-and-done and Duke focus on one-and-dones? Or do you want to go the Gonzaga route and try to get the four- or five-year players? 
it works either way. If you win, you win. But this shows me my roster wasn't good. I got to flip it. I got to bring in power five talent, which he is doing, which he's done. This is the latest guy. When I look at this, I'm like, yeah, he's probably going to walk in there and take one of the corner spots. Six two corner. I mean, if he's healed and he's better, absolutely. The defense was not that great. No. When you look at, I mean, your best corner and uh, and 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 goes got moved to safety. So that should let you know. Okay. Yeah, he's he plays safety in the spring game. So it'll probably be him and Henderson at the safety spot, which means you got two. The corners are wide open. I look from Kimbrough, the uh, guy that transferred in from Florida. I think he's going to battle for a spot on this team. I think that the the the, the, the latest guy he's going to be battling from us. Uh, Ronald's going to be battling for a spot on this team. And you got Kalen Gervin. He's you know those guys are going to be competition. I need the best. But the two guys that they brought in, common thing, both over six feet tall, both coming from the SEC. So, yeah, you're hoping that that height and the speed that they're bringing can can aid to what you're doing so that the defense can – I think the only – no, he even upgraded the defensive line because they brought in uh, the kid from, uh, from Duke. Yeah, the edge rusher. So every position group got upgraded. Offensive line, they brought in horse. Running back, my God, Multiple. that was just bad. I mean, and that's what I like to see, too, because if there was one position that if you looked at Michigan State and you said, you know what, we can get by with these guys, it was running back. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like getting by isn't good enough for Mel Tucker. And I just I love to see it. And I also love to see that on, what was it, May 11th, that they're still getting kids in. You know what I mean? He's not done. Yeah. Uh, Williams hit the transfer portal May 1st, and, I mean, it was quick. It kind of went under the radar. But there, it, it just goes to prove that he's constantly looking to see. And, yeah, you know what? I don't know what Ronald Williams is going to bring. But coming from Alabama, that's going to – hey, Bama, you just transferred to Alabama? I'm going to take an extra look at you. Because, yeah, they produce champions, winners, NFL players and, and their backups. Attitude. Yeah, and the backups at Alabama are probably going to the NFL. They just haven't had their chance to shine yet. Yeah, that's one school that isn't loaded with MAC players on the bench. No, they're loaded with Power Five guys right. through and throughout, and at every single position. I mean, and it was evident in the national title game when Jalen Hurts and they brought in a freshman in Tua, and then you know what, Tua's backup and Mac Jones, where everybody was like. Yeah, they might fall off a little bit. Now my man's a first-round pick in the NFL draft, and it's it's awesome to see it, and I just hope that he continues with this because you're going to see kids that they miss out on in high school with recruiting, but I have a feeling he's going to keep tabs on these young men. Evan, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. and I'm, I said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Like it or not, I think this kind of – devalues the whole high school recruiting and, oh, my God, we missed out on this kid for two reasons. One, kid could transfer later and come back to the school. Okay, okay, you you missed out on, you know, Malik Carr. Guess what? He's back. Mm -hmm. He's now on your team. You missed out on certain people, they can come back. The other thing is I could take a kid from high school, I don't know the level of talent that they played against, or I could go in the transfer portal and go get a kid that I know 
what he did in college. I know that he can make that transition. I can look at the conference and say, okay, you may have played in the MAC, but my goodness, you were the guy in the MAC. Like Jaden Reed, you were the freshman of the year. You were a first. You were, you know, first freshman. I mean, a first team freshman All American, not just the MAC first team player. Yeah, you were a national. So you know what? You don't belong at Western. Why don't you come here? I think it's it's going to be a different philosophy that if you miss out on a kid, like for me, I I probably would never recruit another quarterback in high school. No, I would I mean, unless it's it's somebody special that's going to Okemos High School. I would recruit a quarterback if it meant that in year one they're going to enroll early and they have a chance to win the job. Other than that, chances are the quarterback that you get is not going to stay. Yeah, and, and you're not looking to fill out your roster either. Evan, 50% of five-star quarterbacks have already transferred <sighs> after the first year. That's they're wild. Gone. So quarterbacks are, if you're not going to play me, I'm leaving. So if that's the case, why don't I go the other route, let somebody else get them, let somebody else develop them, and when they're ready to leave, I'll take you in, son, and give you a shot at playing right away. I'm not. I'm not. I, that's just me. I wouldn't waste my time recruiting quarterbacks ever again. I would hit the transfer portal every year because there's going to be a QB that you could bring in here and start for your team. Yeah. Or if you if you strike gold, Maybe you bring in somebody to be the backup, but I'm not I'm not gonna waste my time on, oh my God, I gotta get this elite eleven quarterback because as I stated, fifty percent of five star quarterbacks in the first year transfer. Yeah, and quarterbacks are special people too. You gotta think about a high school quarterback is the star on their team if they're gonna go play D one football. And I mean that from the kid that's recruited as a five star or the kid that's a preferred walk-on. Those kids are studs at their school, and they're told how good they are. And I know that some of them have uh, humility where they know that, you know, they're going to take a step back when they get to college. But I, from my experience, a lot of those kids think that they're going to step right in and play. Um, but my main question about it is, like, somebody like Williams, right, who only played three games for Bama, can Mel Tucker call Nick Saban or somebody on that staff and say, can I get some practice tape? Well, you can, but you also look at what he did at the community college because he was right. one, he was one of the most sought after community college players. Yeah, it wasn't like he flew under the radar. He went to Bama for a reason. Yeah, he I Nick mean, Saban said, "I'm up in the kids' living room trying to convince him to come to Alabama." And and it's crazy if anybody who's watched Last Chance You on Netflix, you get a good good look into this. Now, Last Chance You is a little different because they're taking some kids that are quote-unquote, trouble. It's not always grades or they got in trouble with the law or kicked out or this and that. And some players go to junior college because their grades weren't good enough coming out of high school. They were good enough to graduate. They are good enough to get you that, G- that JC. But and, and that's you like to see those kids because those kids really mature fast. Mm-hmm. The ones that care, the ones that get it, the ones who have that light click on, and they're like, okay, so the schoolwork isn't as bad as what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. It's easy. Let's get it done. They have everybody and their brother there to help you. You know, you you have the aides, you have your teachers, you have your coaches, right? And those coaches are literally trying to better these young men for the kid, not for their coaching career, right? And that's why I like JUCO transfers because those kids, if they make it, 
they have their head screwed on right. They're hungry. They yes. know that this is it for me. Yes, I, I this is my last the conventional chance. Route. Yeah, this is it. Not many people get a second chance. Yeah, and he came in. He was a, a, a first-team JUCO All-American. And I don't know what his reasoning why he ended up in JUCO. That's just an example. Right. No, no. I, I got you, man. But it, it is one of those things that, yeah, when you, when you look at this, do you just go the the transfer port? Now I don't think that every year is going to be like this. For no, State. It, it's but not. Here's the thing, Evan. But I think you can expect ten guys a year. I would honestly say I, I'd, I'd bring in maybe fifteen of, of recruits, and I'd try to bring in eight to ten transfers because those are guys I can plug and play immediately, especially with this one time rule. Yep, you got guys who are just buried on the depth chart who. I just want a chance to shine, you know. I, look, you can go to Alabama, and you could be Najee Harris, and you could wait to your fourth year before you finally get to start, or you can leave and go someplace else. Like, I think that's what you're going to see oh, yeah. with Harold Joyner coming from Auburn. Here's a guy that could have waited. A lot of Auburn people and beat writers are like, yeah, it was a mistake that Auburn didn't play this kid a lot. So, yeah, he's going to come to Michigan State, and I think that he is going to be one of the main backs that you're going to see out there, whether he's just a regular running back or whether he's doing that R.J. Shelton type of role where you're kind of moving him off or basically a a, a rich man's Connor Haywood. Yeah, oh, yeah. and, and You know, most not- people say, oh, you're a poor. No, he'll be a rich man, Connor Haywood. And what I like a lot about what Mel Tucker's doing, he's not getting these transfers that are going to be one year. They're not grad transfers. Right. These are kids that are there two, three years this is of your, eligibility. This is going to be your core right. for the next couple years. He was able to jumpstart his core. And and I think that normally in, in, in years past, it would take you three years to build up what he's oh, done yeah. in an offseason. To get some grown men right. that do what you want them now, to do. I can start adding pieces because I got a foundation. Okay, we're still weak at the quarterback. We're still weak here. We're still weak here. Okay, let's focus our attention here. We could go get this young recruit, or you know what? There's a guy at Ole Miss that he's about to hit the portal, and maybe we want this guy to come in here and be the next guy. I mean, you saw that with bringing in the, the kid Tank from um, from Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, he was their highest ranked recruit, and somehow or another, he's li- he's left there. And the way I'm looking at it, Evan, he has an opportunity to start along with Crouch, and, and at least if they if he doesn't start. He's no in the too deep. Yep. He's going to get a lot of playing time. Because oh, go ahead. Before I- well, I was just going to say, like, think about how many times kids go to schools, and let's be honest, coaches aren't always honest with these recruits when they walk into their living room. Right. They tell them they're going to play. They tell them they're going to get a super number. They're going to get this, that, and the other thing, and then coach leaves. We just saw it at Michigan. Think if if Lindquist uh, recruited kids, told them this, that, and the other thing. Now you got another guy coming in, and you're like. What the heck? You know what I mean? It's it's not a yeah, job yeah, where you, you go your to boss play for the leaves. Coach. You don't go to play for the school. Exactly. That's what I think. And so when you see that, you're like, okay. I mean, some of these kids look at these coaches as father figures, role models, somebody to look up to. And when that guy leaves, you're kind of like, well, I want to go to where I'm wanted. That guy wanted me. Right. And and I haven't had that that experience, but I imagine for some kids that's tough. Because you buy into that. You do. You're not always getting recruited by the head coach. No, you do, and you feel betrayed. I mean, it's 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 It's, it's just, a business is what it is yeah. for the coaches. It's also a business for the kids. But the kids are gaining more through football, through their degree, 
through connection, so on and so forth. And and I, I just I love. At first, I w- I was sour on the one time transfer rule, but now seeing it and actually like thinking about it from a clear head and not just oh these kids are losers and they don't want competition. It's not always that. No, it's not. And I, I remember talking with John Jansen here at 97.1, and he was saying how he felt betrayed when Greg Madison left. Yeah. And, he, you know, he finally saw him later as a pro, and Madison was like, dude, I, I got a family. You know, I saw a better opportunity. I had a better job offer, and I had to take it. And, he, and Jansen realized later, okay, he did what was best for his him and his family. But, yeah, he was like when he was at Michigan, and he left and bolted. I think he went to Notre Dame. Yeah. You know, Jansen was like, you know, I took that as a, I took it personal. I took that as a slap in the face. Like, why are you leaving us? Well, yeah, as an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid, we both know you don't always have the best thought process going through or you act irrationally or you don't see it for what it is. And I think kids are starting to see now that this is all a money grab for everybody involved. And and you know what? If you're faster, bigger, stronger than everybody else, then you're more likely to grab that sack of cash than anybody else. But it's good to see as long as it's done the right way. You know what I mean? The right. day when you find out that Nick Saban is coming to Michigan State games, recruiting their players on the field and talking to them afterwards, then that's uh, that's when you're going to get down into a real weird situation. Well, you're going to constantly monitor everybody, especially, let's say, if you miss out on a recruit, Keep tabs. Well, part nicely. Break up. Break up nicely. You you probably tell this to your students when you're on the air. You never know who's listening, right? Uh, you could be talking, and somebody from uh, the Howard Stern show is listening. They're like, "I want that guy." So on and so forth. And that's the same with these kids. Yeah. If you're playing the last four minutes of a blowout game, you're going to see these kids. They're not going to quit. No, because that is a tryout. It is for what? How many D one schools are there? Right. You that's, get a pick, that's a job right, tryout. You get a sack, you get a tackle. Yeah, you're exactly right. Now, and the, and the, and before we uh, switch over to University of Michigan, I do want to say this. Another thing that I like what Mel Tucker is doing with the, with the transfer portal, Evan. I don't think people realize it, and it was because I had an interesting conversation with Marcus Ray over the weekend, former uh, Michigan football player. The NFL or football in general is going the way of the NBA. I was like, what are you talking about, Marcus? He was like, it's positionless. You, there's only four positions yeah. in, the, in, in football if you really think about it now. There's a quarterback, either you're a quarterback, you're a lineman, you're a receiver, or you're in the back seven. But think about that. I know people are like, no, running back is obsolete. Okay? It is. You, oh yeah, running. You rather have a Rondell Moore type of guy. You rather have somebody that you can move out the backfield and catch passes. I mean, DeAndre Swift. The reason why the Lions took him is because he could also go into the slot and play receiver. You all your receivers are pretty much the same. It's why you look at a Travis Kelsey. It's why you look at certain tight ends, and you know it's it's why Pitts went number yep. four overall because the conventional. I'm going to line up. I'm this receiver. Every receiver now, if you're good, learns how to be the X, the Y, and the Z receiver because you never know when the team is going to do whatever. You don't want to just be, well, I'm just a deep threat guy. Well, you know what? You're also a dinosaur, and you're probably going to get cut. Right. You you look at teams running the spread. The back seven, the linebacker on any given day 
may have to cover the tight end, a wide receiver, or a running back. Yep. You don't know. So you need fast guys in your back seven. Your corner may get lining up against a 6'6 tight end. Can't have a 5'7 corner anymore. That's why Tucker's going after the big guys. Think about it, Evan. You got the quarterback. Your lineman, I'm going to just include offensive and defensive linemen. You're a big boy. You're a lineman. Your job is to have fist fights all game. But the receivers and the back seven, man, you're interchangeable. There's no... I think Wisconsin will kind of be like that dinosaur where we're just going to still do ground and pound. Every coach is going to want to do that. But when you really think about it, most teams now, I mean, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, yeah, I mean, that's (laughs) – You want to beat Ohio State? You got to be able to throw five corners out there to cover them when they go five wide. Because this game has become – I think it's a great comparison because the NBA is positionless. Period. There's, there's no, no center. one through five. Right. Anymore. There's no center anymore. The days of the Shacks are gone. Elijah ones are gone. They don't exist. The yeah. running backs. I mean, I mean, you got your Zeke Elliott and a few others. Other than that, the quarterbacks are running back. Because and and I hate it's not speed in space, but speed on the football field is what's winning games now. Right. So the days of Chuba Hubbard running the ball thirty times a game, it might happen on a few teams with a few special backs. But they're looking for different ways to get their playmakers the ball. I mean, right. how many times growing up do we see a tight end screen? Big fat goose egg. Right. And now that's that's a play in almost every single team's playbook. Well, think about your tight ends now, they used to just be, you know, You're gonna tackles, block tackles who could catch. And have maybe 15 now, catches a year. Now they're just big receivers. Yeah. And, yeah, occasionally we may need you to block when we do our – 15 to 20 running plays. Your running plays are what you do to eat the clock and kill a game. Like I said, Wisconsin, yeah, they're going to run the ball a lot. But when you look at Ohio State, they mix it up. And, the, you know, they 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 put certain plays in where a lot of it was play action or they had the, wide, the running back screen. Oh, yeah. But That's a big one. When you look at it, all your guys on offense, not a quarterback or a lineman, there's some type of receiver, whether they're a big receiver, little receiver, running back slash hybrid slot guy, and then your backs, your line. Mel Tucker's going to the to the to the. Well, I think it's a a fourth two five. Where basically, I'm playing five corners and safeties, and my two linebackers have to be able to cover guys too. I'm rushing four. I may rush a fifth guy. But I need speed back there. Yes, because you can't get beat deep anymore in college football at all. But yet you also have to cover all of these screens that teams are running. And you're right, because if you look at the NFL draft, think about how many guys who used to be have the CB next to their name. They're now known as defensive backs. They're DB. Why? You're a corner. It doesn't matter. Cool cover him. What about safety? You know what? Don't let them beat you and knock the ball down or intercept it. That's what I need you to do. Within the scheme, it should all be pretty much the same. Your your job should be the same. And what's your your technique? All of that stuff and won't change whether you're playing the X, Y, or Z receiver or you're playing safety. You know what you have to do. And I I like it. I, I hadn't heard that before, but I think it's brilliant. If you think about it, like, oh, it's not, but yeah. And the even league, some schools don't have a quarterback anymore. It, right, Think it, about the option schools. It's yeah, it's going seven on the league has gone seven on seven, both college and pro. You have to be able to cover 
any and everybody on any given down. You can't all of a sudden substitute out and be like, oh, uh, you know, we're, we're, they're running double tight end. Well, yeah, but both of those tight ends are in the wide receiver slot. So, okay, you're a linebacker. That's your guy. Or you may be a linebacker and you're up against, you know, Chris Olave. Good luck. Yeah. and He's probably going to beat you, but you better hold your own. And that's what really makes sports special is that the game is always going to evolve. And it has. And, and you think about it from my childhood, it was three yards in a cloud of dust, and then it was the West Coast offense. And now you see both of those are gone, right. and, and football's transitioning into a new offense yet again. Right. It's basically offense is find the mismatch, exploit the mismatch. Yeah. That's and, the spread offense. If you If you, to summarize it for dummies, Spread everybody out, look for the weak link, exploit the weak link. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter who right. that person is that you're going to go with. You know, right. Some weeks it, it might be um, your top receiver. Some well, I weeks, mean, you saw that with at, at the Michigan-Michigan State game. Ricky White comes out of nowhere. Why? Daxton Hill says, okay, Jaden Reed is the guy at Michigan State. I'm going to lock him up. Well, guess what? So be it. You know what? Jaden Reed is no longer an option. But you know who is? You're going to put Jermon Green on Ricky White? Mm, I could exploit that all game. It took them about a half to realize that, but that's all they did. Okay, go deep. Go deep. Go deep. This guy can't cover you. You find the mismatch. It's how Ohio State beats teams because they look for the mismatch. They look the for the team. slowest guy in the field and they attack It's them. how Alabama beat Ohio State. Find the mismatch. Yep. You can't cover Devontae Smith. Okay. He had 200 yards at halftime. Let's roll. Got hurt and left the game, and they didn't miss a beat. Period. It's wild to think about, and and I don't ever want to give anybody from Michigan credit, and I have to give a lot of credit to Marcus Ray for that one because – it's and, and but that that's a prime example of where football's going. Yeah. Everybody sees the game differently. He sees it differently than I do. Dude, and it's Clemson and coaches are always looking to evolve. And that's why if you look and you're like, well, why why is Tucker? Because I get why does he keep bringing in so many cornerbacks and safeties? That's why. Well, f- I need big guys who can cover big receivers. What was it? Ten years ago now, where Ronnie Brown and the Wildcat in the NFL, yeah, hottest thing. But guess what? Teams figure it out. And you know what you do? You then readjust. Because at the college and pro level, you have the best football minds in this world. And they're all competing Mm -hmm. to outsmart their competition, outsmart their friend. You know, they all communicate Mm offseason. You know, what what was that sound mind, sound Sound body body, camp or whatever? We would go to it because – Les Miles is there. Mark D'Antonio's there. Jim Harbaugh's. All these coaches are there because they're buddies. They get it. They have a mutual respect for what they do because they all know that they go into work at 4 and they're leaving at 10 at night. You know what I mean? Right. It's a crazy life, and they can bond through that, but they're all looking to beat the crap out of their buddy, and I love it. And, and football is going to evolve, and it's going to change, and it will change in the next five years, I guarantee you. What we're seeing now is going to morph into something else. And as long as you're ahead of that curve and you have young minds and people that aren't stubborn, that's where I think Michigan fails a little bit. They have a little stubbornness. This worked. It's always worked until now when it's not working. Right. And when I saw somebody like Josh Gaddis say, we need to change the culture. Dude, you've been part of that for the last two years. Yeah. So, 
you're part of the problem. Yeah, unless you're like uh, Clinksdale coming in now, you can't really talk about changing the culture because yeah, that that's part that's that is on you. All right, so you know what? Let's end this one right here because I I, I want to give the University of Michigan equal time. So we're gonna end this one now. We're gonna tr- we're gonna have a a Michigan podcast tomorrow, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna stop it here. So Evan. Do you have a question? You get a chance to ask me two questions. I do. And this one pertains to your show that you do on 97.1 The Ticket, Monday through Friday with Mike Filani. You guys were changing what was happening in that Spartan Stadium. I didn't necessarily catch it. But it does it have to do with Spartyville? I know it had to do something with the Raiders and what they're doing. No, Mike wants a booty lounge inside. Okay, the, so uh, he he went a whole different. I yeah, thought it was going mean, a we, serious we, deal. Yeah, we were at. No, he, <laughs> no, he actually wants what the Raiders are doing. Where yeah, they got the, a night the club, club in the end zone, DJs. The, the irony was we were at the spring game, and we're sitting there, and Mike's dead serious about this. And he's like, well, how come we can't put it right there? And he points. And I'm like, Mike, that's a big problem. That's that's the handicap zone. You right talk there. about it in the end zone where right. it's all empty. So he's like, okay. well, move them. Okay, that's going to look really bad. Mm-hmm. At you. It's it's like, you know, hey, we're going to build these houses on top of a cemetery. Mm-hmm. Could be great houses, but yeah, you got the story. We had to move the bodies. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's never a good thing. So, yeah, he wants to expand. He wants to come up with a different way of of of, of, of you know expanding the experience. Because here's the thing: seriously, because of the pandemic, teams are going to have to come up with ways to keep people interested. Because we yeah. spent the whole year not at games. We realized I don't need to be there. So unless you just love your tailgating buddies or you just love to be at a game, you're probably going to go to the first couple of games. But afterwards, you know, it's like you know, Lions going to play the 49ers week one. Yeah, I I may go because I like the Niners, but I don't know if I want to do season tickets. I don't know. It's going to be weird sitting next to people. Like Mike finally came into the studio recently. Evan, I've been in the studio all by myself for seven months. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It was weird having Mike sit that close to me for four hours. Yeah, and you're going to have to have people you don't know sit next to you right. for four so hours. Your anxiety, like You it know or not, where Mike's been. Right. Your anxiety level is high. When the masks come off and when you get in close proximity, somebody sneezes, coughs, clears their throat. Oh, you're like, oh, here we go. I mean, you're, 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 you're taking the emergency. You're thinking to yourself, okay, I got vaccinated, right? It's, it's going to – and for stadiums, I watch the games at home. I got used to seeing all the different camera angles. It was I th- now see why people say they don't want to come back. How do you keep them interested in your product? Because you, you can't just do same old stuff. You gotta, you, you gotta turn this thing into a party. You gotta turn this thing into. Now, granted, I know people listening say, "Well, if you just win, I understand." But guess what? There's only gonna be one winner yep. every year. So how do you like? Look at the Detroit teams, the Lions, everybody. They're bad. They're probably gonna be bad this year. How do you keep people's attention? You know, week eight, week nine, the Pistons game. How do you keep them engaged knowing that they're going for a pick? The Wings, the Tigers, yeah. Michigan, Michigan State football. Well, and, and with the college teams, it's not right around the corner. It's not a 15-minute drive downtown right. to go see a baseball game for a little bit. You're taking an hour drive. And, I mean, this past year was the first time in 10 years I haven't been to every Michigan State home game. 
And I was like, yeah, it's kind of nice. Right. But Watching it on TV. And I also if the, love going to the games. You know what so, happens if you if the game is bad, you're not hostage. No. You hit that clicker. Oh, this game's pretty good. I'm not sitting there looking at my watch and being like, well, maybe I get home at 5.30 right now. Like, well, you know what? That Purdue-Northwestern game looks to be, oh, wow, this is a good game. And yeah. you're, you're engaged in that, and you flip back to the state game to see if they come back or the Michigan game to see if they're coming back. It's it's something that teams that are ahead of – it's kind of like the transfer portal. If you're ahead of the curve, your fan base is going to love you. Now, if you're a good team like Alabama, doesn't matter. Yeah. It'll sell out. But I'm talking about the teams like a Michigan State, the teams that really don't have a shot at winning the national title. What do you do to keep your fans engaged? You better have one hell of a marketing department. Right. You better have something more than the fly lancing scoreboard (laughs) and and the curly shuffle. Because other than that, what do you got? Well, you got Zeke the Wonder Dog, or I I don't know if Zeke passed, but you got a Wonder Dog out there. I don't know if you do that, but maybe maybe you come up with something different. You you know what? You let alcohol be served at the stadium you, you, you gotta enhance this experience giveaways dollar dogs whatever it might be but you gotta, people are gonna have to think outside the box i'm gotta, glad i asked this question you gotta do something so no 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 no. all right so this is part one of the podcast stick around because we'll have part two out tomorrow for uh, evan i'm rico thanks for listening to the five star zone